John chapter 12, and I'll read from verse 37. John 12 and verse 37. ready here we are John 12 37 but though he had done so many miracles before them yet they believed not purposeful they didn't want to verse 38 that the saying of Isaiah this is Isaiah it's another way to spell Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's Isaiah chapter 53. Verse 39. Therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things, said Isaiah, when he saw the Lord's glory, spoke of the Lord. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And I preach today as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your word. For these precious people that have gathered in this room. I thank you for all those who are attending to the word at home, wherever they may be. I pray that you would bless and anoint everyone to receive the word. Wherever and whenever they hear this. That our lives would be changed, God. That our path would be rearranged and redirected, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Put truth inside of us, Lord, in the inward heart of us. And guide and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you put your Bibles down behind you? Would you just praise God for a moment with your hearts and your hands and your mouth? Come on, somebody. Lift him up with your mouth, with your words. We give you praise today. Come on, say it. We give you glory and honor and power and might belong to you. The angels cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Come on, let somebody in this house give praise to God with your whole heart. Yes, yes. Oh, magnificent Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, and you may be seated. just by way of confession. I was considering this time of the year, 27 years ago, when I first saw Tammy from afar. I did not think, my, what a considerate person she is. When I saw her before I talked to her, 
The thought that she was kind and generous and classy, had a prayer life, never crossed my mind. (laughs) I'll leave that for a moment. Just know that what I describe is the obvious fallacy of humanity. We decide so many things based upon what we see. The writer presented it. It was put in a song, a picture paints a thousand words. But I say that all of it can be a facade. When the prophet Samuel came to the house of Jesse, he too made a decision on what he saw. Samuel said, Jesse, the Lord has called me to anoint one of your sons to be the next king of Israel. Samuel took notice of the eldest son, Eliab. Samuel believed Eliab to be the next king. Here's your Bible. It came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab. He said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. It was a lesson in surface living versus spiritual pursuit. Move with me now. I'm pointing to our inherent flaw to judge the entirety on what may amount to be superficial. That's what every young person and every single person ought to consider before they choose a spouse. Here's Proverbs 31 and 30. Are you ready? Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. Say it ain't so. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Ladies, all the single ladies. (laughs) Just trying to be relevant. 2004, whatever, I don't know. No matter how handsome he looks right now, later on, he may not retain those good looks. And if he has a rotten attitude now, well, later he may be both ugly and ugly. And you don't want double ugly. How are we doing? And men, to you also, double ugly can be avoided if you first look for a right spirit and a good attitude. Then, if perhaps the beauty fades and she loses her sparkly eyes, your love was not based on her absence of cataracts. (laughs) I'm teaching today, preaching. About the danger of the outside and how much emphasis we have put on how we look. I'm not talking about indecent apparel or the absence of decent apparel or appropriate apparel. It's foolish to think that God would discount modesty when he already demands it in his word. I'm talking about spiritual superficiality. And that while being welcomed by people... God could reject it every time. So I ask today, how are you living? God knows 
We don't always know. God knows. To date, no one has ever, to date, no one has ever fooled God. But I can tell you that has never stopped people from pretending. My life in a ministry home, as a student pastor, as an assistant, as an evangelist, and now here, I can accurately say that living for approval of self and for others has never been more widespread or more apparent than it is right now. Did you get that, ladies and gentlemen? Look at your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all write in harmonic tones. They mirror one another according to the leading of the Holy Spirit as they wrote. But John writes his gospel to demonstrate the Lord's power and authority. John writes in order to disclose the deity of Jesus Christ. And he does so by displaying the Lord's unrehearsed and incomparable power. John gives eyewitness to eight of the Lord's miracles in order to reveal the Lord's divine and human nature marching in sync. Every chapter seems to point to yet another display of incomprehensible signs and wonders. The wedding at Cana. Water turning from their natural substances. Water turning into aged wine, no less. Think of that. The Lord does not just turn water into wine, but he reaches into the past to bring out the best. No doubt a reflection of creation and the earth found in Genesis. Hmm. John chapter 2 it was an introduction of something unfathomable by the human mind. And Jesus said he wasn't even ready to begin his ministry when he did. John writes of the Lord's divine power, his deity. Jesus heals a nobleman's son next in what sounds like a whimsical reply. Hardly a word spoken by the Lord. The man says, Lord, my son is dying at home. Jesus just says, go thy way, thy son liveth. The Lord did the work in a moment. It was so brief and simple. It was a smooth transition without ever breaking stride. Like the brush of an eagle's wing across the water's morning mist. Jesus simply moves on. Someone ran to meet the nobleman. The messenger said three words. Thy son liveth. John is putting the wonders of this Jesus on stage. All of them can see it in real time. The Romans, the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, temple priests, publicans, Samaritans, people from all the surrounding nations. All of it happening in the land of Israel, which is the world's only three-continent bridge. Jesus is on display to everyone who crosses that land. John's not done. Perhaps somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 people were fed when Jesus multiplied a boy's lunch. I know that we say the Lord fed 5,000, but in those days only the men were counted. Then Jesus walks on water. John chapter 6, the disciples could not explain it. He heals a blind man in, in, in John chapter 9. The Pharisees could not defame it. And then John chapter 11, the death and dying process of Lazarus is interrupted when the Ancient of Days speaks. The Lord's timeless voice unlatches the gates of the grave. Lazarus, come forth! John writes for the intent of revelation. And the evidence is overwhelming, not just to the disciples, but to everyone. The wonder of the Lord stretches past the boundaries of religious protocols and governmental walls until his revelation strikes at the heart of the rulers, both civic and religious. 
And I read to you in our text, John repeats Isaiah, who said that because of their unbelief, God further blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts so they could neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts. Even still, the Bible says, John writes, watch now, and I quote again, nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him. Many believed. They could not simply dismiss the Lord's power. They could not deny the things done before them. There were too many inexplicable things done by the hands of Jesus. None of them could repudiate or spurn those continual confirmations of healings and wonders and miracles. While it might have remained a mystery to a few, now that only because of their blinded eyes and hardened hearts, nevertheless, many of the chief rulers believed on him. But they had a problem, ladies and gentlemen. While they believed, they were unwilling to lose their place in the synagogue. They liked their place among other people. They liked the feeling of inclusion. And here is the reason. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They lived their lives unto men and not unto the Lord. And their living became their undoing. They lived their lives for the praise of people and rejected the acceptance of God. It was a superficial living. It is a superficial life. It was exterior driven based on what others might think of them, all the while rejecting what God thought of them. Whatever they did, they did it unto men. Whatever service or deeds or conducts or paths taken, it was to please the people around them, never considering what God might think. All of it, both then and now, is nothing less than shallow behaviors. It's an empty and hollow life. Pleasing self and pleasing others, but never pleasing God. That is how they were living. They believed, but they could not bring themselves into a full relationship with Jesus Christ, lest they lose their place. And I ask you today, how are you living Here's Paul's introduction and instruction to the church, excuse me, instruction to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians 6 and 7. With goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Another version says, serve as unto the Lord and not as unto men, because there is a difference. You can please yourself and you can please others. Everyone might think highly of you. But that does not mean you have pleased the Lord. In fact, doing what's right in the sight of God might not be pleasing in the sight of people. Not everyone is going to approve of your apostolic lifestyle, your separation from the world, things you do and don't do. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the cross itself is an offense to the world. The world will never warm up to the cross of Calvary. And that did not start in our lifetime. Jesus has been Offensive for 2,000 years. We haven't even really entered into a worship conflict. But my spiritual perception believes that we are going to enter into a worship conflict. Daniel did. Daniel was ordered not to pray. He was ordered not to pray at the risk of his own life. But he chose to pray anyway. It cost him. And while we have the benefit... Of knowing God's deliverance from the book. Daniel did not know that he would live or die. All he knew was that live or die I'm going to please God. Daniel could have been. 
He could have preserved himself by praying quietly or secret or better yet, not at all. Just wait till it's over. But the Bible says that he opened up his windows and prayed. He could have preserved himself. But of course, we've learned that self-preservation almost always means an absence from God's divine purpose. You can preserve yourself and not be in the will of God. Jesus said it like this. If you lose your life, you'll find it. But if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. It's a conflict not easily understood by human logic. It's dispelled by most of Christendom. The world does not understand our pursuit. Going to church on a weekly basis and then daily Bible reading and praying continually and devotion to the Bible and hearing the teaching and the preaching of the word and then on top of that, giving monies and our talents and our energies. How are you living today? I've been commissioned by the Spirit to ask you today in these closing hours of time, who are you pleasing today? Are you living as unto the Lord or is it just for our benefit so people think we're right religious or whatever we deem fitting? Are we living as unto the Lord? I suppose that while the last century ministers pointed out the end times and declared it, it looks like I'm indeed an end time preacher. I remember as a little boy talking about the Lord coming back. They thought it was, he was coming back imminently. The Lord was coming back. I, I, don't, I think I woke up in one of those services in the 1970s. Or maybe I had to sit with my mother. Something happened and I was there. And I can remember the preacher preaching. One of the preachers came to our church. We had a, a door, the side door. It was all glass door. And he preached about the end time. And he preached about Noah. And he went out, took the microphone and drug the cord all the way out that door. And he started to knock on the door, the glass door. Let me in, let me in. Everyone started crying. Whole church. It was a great analogy. We couldn't get in. No one could get in. The Lord had shut the door. It was like the end time. We were all frightened, a little frightened, scared. Of course, that feeling went away, came back, went away, came back, went away. Now people are completely numb. I say the Lord's coming back and, and people say, well, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. You better wake up, wake up. This is the end time, end time. How are you living? How are you living? Looks like I'm an end time pastor because we are all staring down the world clock. And on that day, the Bible says, reading your Bible, Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats, Matthew 25. It will be a great day and a dreadful day of separation. Make no mistake, you've never seen anything like it before. Nothing will compare to the moment when Jesus divides, and I quote, sets the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So all those, to all those who are still playing the church game, religious charlatans, watch out. Jesus is coming to divide. Read it in your Bible. Mm -hmm. But then the next verse says this. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, and hereth the kingdom prepare for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. And then the righteous will say, Well, Lord, we, we never saw you hungry, or, or we never fed you. We didn't give you anything to eat or drink. And when did we ever see you as a stranger, verse 38, and take you in? When did we ever clothe you? When did we ever see you sick or in prison or, 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 and came to you? And here's verse 40. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. And the king shall ask and say unto them verily I say unto you inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren you've did it unto me when you are doing service work you are doing it unto him 
And I stand here to say to you, I love you, but I'm after the praises of God. And when I get the praises of God, it takes the pressure off of me. I hope, but maybe you don't like me. I may not please you all the time, but I'm really after the pleasing and the praises of God. Uh, I'm trying to pull out all the facades and pull off all the layers that we have put on ourselves to make us feel like we are good. Look at the uniqueness of the word praise. David told us to praise God. So we offer our praises to God and we do so in worship and singing and giving and perhaps dancing or in song, whatever that may be. But that is not what John was writing about when he said they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. You see, the praise of God in this verse is not what we offer to him. It means what God gives to us. It means the approval of God. Can you imagine that you could have the praise and approval of God? Jesus was well aware of this universal flaw in so much that he pointed it out three times. All of us have struggled with this at some point in our lives. All of us. Jesus said in Matthew 1, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen of them just so you can be seen. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So will you give to the needy? Don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth. Here's Jesus. They have received their reward in full. Tragic. Which just simply means someone patted you on the back and you negated the, the reward that you would have received. Here's the second time. Verse 5, Matthew 6. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray. Staying in the synagogues, making a loud noise in the streets. Everybody can see them. Everybody knows, wow, they're really good prayer. They can really pray. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, they've received everything they're going to get. And third, verse 16, when you fast, don't look sober, somber like the hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces in those days. They put on sackcloth. They, they even whitewash their face just to make sure everybody knew they're on a fast. I tell you the truth. They have already received their full reward. What a tragedy to live for people. It might garnish the praise of the temple, but it removes from you the reward of heaven. I say today, give fast pray live as unto the lord because we are looking for the approval of the only one that matters i'm gonna tell you why i'm living this life i'm living it because i love jesus and i want to please jesus and i hope you're okay but i pray that god will approve of me somebody tell me today Tell me that we aren't just here to be seen of one another. Tell me we are here for him. Somebody tell me that we're here to praise him, to lift him up, to serve him. Uh, I've got to tell you, the Lord knows it. Somebody tell me that all of this is not some menial effort to make ourselves feel better. Tell me that we want to be like Jesus and that all, that's all that matters to serve him and to follow him and find him and consume our lives with the Lord. I'm after the praises of God. I'm after the praises of God. I need the praise of God. I want the approval of God because you're not going to welcome me. Only he's going to welcome me because you're not going to help me. Only he's going to help me because you can't heal me. Only he can heal me. Ah. Yes. 
Paul has talked about it when he wrote that our praise, and I quote, is not from men but from God, Romans 12. Paul said as much to the Corinthian church. I'll read it from the Amplified Bible. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18. For it is not he who commends and praises himself who is approved by God, but it is the one from whom the Lord commends and praises. I'm not interested in the praises of men. I'm seeking for the praises of God. I'm after the approval of God. And I, I and, and here's my fallacy. See, here's my flaw. I confess that there are times when it would be nice if you thought I was doing okay. <laughs> that would be nice. But God knows my spirit. He knows my intent. And if you say nothing, but he says something, your nothing won't matter. I'd like to have something from you, but if I get nothing from you and something from him, it don't matter if you're silent. If he says, that's good, that's right, that's all I'm looking for. I'm after the praises of God, and I'm looking for a church that's after God's approval. I'm going to live as unto the Lord. I'm going to love as unto the Lord. I'm going to give, pray, and fast as unto the Lord. It almost feels like time is just sped up, just like this massive, just leap forward, hyperbole into another time. And now I'm concerned that we were watching a growing self-serving ministry campaign and so many churches going on right before our eyes. And I'm compelled to stop you where you are and ask you, how are you living? Your purpose is to offer God praise and worship, not to offer yourself before everybody. Your purpose is to work for the kingdom regardless of your environment. That's your purpose. And if nobody takes notice of you and you never take a selfie of what you're doing, at least God knows and he's the only one who needs who you need to show yourself to. Did you know that Joseph had the same servant spirit at every station in life? He had the same servant spirit in the prison house as he had in Pharaoh's house. Because your purpose has to remain the same. His purpose was not determined by his location. He was serving the Lord regardless of his condition. Because he was living as unto the Lord. I don't raise my hand so you can say, hey, look, look how he's worshiping. I'm doing it because the Lord is worthy of my worship and my praise. I don't work for the kingdom so someone can congratulate me. Doing a fine job. No, I'm doing it because I'm after the praise of the king of the kingdom. Let me go a little deeper now. Oh. If you're in a ministry because it fulfills you, be careful. If your ministry endeavor fulfills you and you do it in order for you to be fulfilled then you may not be doing it as as unto the Lord if you're only involved in things that make you feel good about yourself church stuff you're probably not doing it as unto the Lord you're doing it as unto yourself how are you living when did we start doing things because it made us feel good 
See, some are only involved if they think that it benefits them. That is not as unto the Lord. That's unto you. I don't give because of the person who's receiving the offerings. You should have been on vacation today, right? And I'm sorry to report today. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to report this, in fact. But I, I feel compelled to do this. That there have been some people that have been stealing from the church. I wish I didn't have to say this publicly, but I've, I've been talking actually to many other pastors. They've experienced the same thing. There have been people stealing from the storehouses of the church. See, you think that stealing is taking something out of the church. God sees stealing as not putting something in. <laughs> Here's Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. Because, but you ask, how do we rob you? And here's the answer. God said, you robbed me. You stole from me because you didn't return your tithe and your offerings. Read it in your Bible. See, there are people who do not give as unto the Lord. They give based on their perception of the need or how it's going to be spent. I've even heard people say they cannot in good conscience give because they don't agree with how, it, with how it's handled. If you didn't know this before now, let me be the first to tell you. Your conscience can never be good when you're a thief. We should have had a root canal and been in Florida or something. We don't give because of people. We don't withhold because of people. We give because it's a commandment of God and because we want the praises of God. It's the word. Listen, I can either preach the word and it can help you or I can preach a lie and it, you'll never you'll never know what the truth is but I stand here to say I gotta please God it may not be pleasing everybody so I'm giving I'm living I'm serving I'm loving I'm helping because I want to please the Lord I don't pretend oh come on somebody we are after the Lord's approval Ah, uh, yes, come on, the praise of God can be in this house. We're going to offer him praise and he's going to offer us something in return. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a few things that I like that Tammy does not like. I finally figured it out this week. There's a shirt I've been hanging on to for a long time. She said, honey, that is old. That's worn out. you got to get rid of that. She's been on me. Finally, I thought, you know, maybe it's time for me to start pleasing my wife. And I regrettably folded it up nicely and just put it down into the trash can like it was a burial. And I just felt terrible about when the lid went back down. I felt like maybe I should just do a eulogy or something. There goes the shirt. I remember having the sleeves custom made because my arms were too short. But I thought, I'm going to please my honey. I'm going to please Tammy. And there it goes. The shirt has died. It's gone on to be with Jesus somewhere in a landfill. I don't know where it's at. But there's got to be a time when you put away things. Not because you like it, but because you know the Lord is my king. I've got to live a different way. I'm going to bury all that stuff because God is the one I'm after. His praise is what I enjoy. i got to have his approval.
That's right. That's right. So when I walk in this house, I hope you love me. I hope you like me. I hope we can have, have dinner sometime. But I did not come so that you could see me and you could enjoy me. I came for him and him alone. He is the object of my worship. He is the purpose of my life. He is the central figure of everything that I do. And, and what about loving people? Say what you will, but what if we only love people who were lovable? What good would that do? I confess this to you. I, it, I like people who like me. It's wonderful. I'm struggling with people who don't like me. Is that okay? Was that a shock to you? I feel like you are stunned. Am I disqualified? <laughs> I enjoy people who are lovable. But loving people you like does not make you a Christian. That's called living unto yourself. I'll give you some verses that will really mess you up. If you want to live like numb, don't read the Bible. Here's Luke 6.32. If you love those who love you, what credit, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Here's the final one. And if you lend to those from who you expect a repayment, what what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and they expect to be repaid in full. Oh, man. So I stand here to say, and I'm not even done. There's so many hundreds of verses that show us this very same thing. We are going to live as unto the Lord and not unto men. We're going to walk as unto the Lord and not unto men. And if that means we're rejected by everybody around us and our family hates us and our, and our neighbors don't want to have anything to do with us and society turns against us, we're going to live as unto the Lord and not unto men. If that means we've got to bury a few things, we're going to bury them because our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the one we're after. That's who I'm after today. I want to live as unto the Lord. I want to serve as unto the Lord. I want to give as unto the Lord. You don't even know every time you're helping somebody that's in need. And they never, most of the people that we help in this community never enter these doors. But I have to keep saying to myself over and over the scripture, I'm not doing it just for them. I'm doing it for him. Because every time we give and clothe and feed, we're doing it unto the Lord. It was the Lord's work. It's the Lord's business. It's the Lord's kingdom. Please stand with me and lift up your hearts and your hands and your voices one more time to God. And just say, Lord, I want to live so I can have your approval and your praise. Oh, yes. Come on out of your mouth. Just say it. While I've been preaching, you've been thinking about things you've got to change. Now is a day to change. Now is a day to change. Oh, yes. Now is a day to change. Maybe you have to start and just say, Lord, forgive me of the way I've been thinking. I've been thinking about how it affects me, Lord. I've been lax on faithfulness. I've not been faithful. I don't have service work in my hand because I was looking for something that appealed to me. I was choosing things that I felt would benefit me.
Oh, Savior. Now you should confess right now, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Come on, block out all the junk of this day, all the noise and the mess going all around you. And just say, Lord, I'm, I, I want to live as unto you. I want to work as unto you. I want to do everything as unto like you're standing here before me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.